Right. It's not counting at all, is it? I can't hear anything. What do you mean? No counting. All right. Looks like it's good. We are good to go. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Have you been on podcast before? No. Wow. In all of these years. I'll put on t- on air so everyone knows. Yeah, we're going. So, now I was talking to Jose about this just before. He's like, bro, I don't want to hear about moment arms in this podcast, <laughs> all right? Or I'm not listening. Uh, I'll keep it at bay. And, well, me and I think a lot of people as well, we just want to get to know a bit about Brad. He's a very secretive man. No one knows about you. There's no about the moment arms. Yeah. And I guess that's where we'll kick off and start. We'll get, I guess we'll talk a bit about when we first met, but I think even before that, give a bit of your past about your background, <laughs> your I was born in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> I was born in Australia. I grew up playing footy, playing uh, rugby league, rugby union, but transitioned to only rugby union until and played all through school. Stopped playing in 2019. It was my last year. Ooh, why'd you stop? I was getting injured. Injured every, like I'd play three weeks, two weeks, get injured. Have to take two, three weeks off, come back. And I'd, when I'd come back, I'd actually do okay. Like first week, like not too confident. Next week, confidence. Last week, crazy amounts of confidence. And I think that would result in me running into contact and getting hurt. Okay. So the more confident you get, ooh, sorry. The more confident you get, the more injured you get. Yeah, and so I'd hurt myself and I, I couldn't progress in footy because I was too busy being injured. I couldn't progress in gym because I was too busy being injured and it just, everything was at like a plateau. Yeah. So something had to stop, I either had to, and it was the thing causing the injuries, which was footy that ended up stopping. Yeah. And how, did your mum like that? No. If Carrie's listening. I should listen. Huh? She'll listen? Yeah. Oh, sorry, Carrie. Still remember the phone call. Nah, well, what about before that? So, oh, I'm a bit loud. When uh, you think back to your school days, you're already involved in sport. Hmm. And I remember you telling me a few stories about running to school when it's wet, bag drenched, going to the gym. Yeah. So tell us a bit about those days, the good old days. Well, those days, going to the gym would have been before the age of having a license and a car. So it would have been L's or earlier. Uh and from the year nine, term four, we were allowed to go to the gym. And I, as soon as they let us go to the gym, it was five days a week going to the gym, not knowing what I'm doing, but just doing what I think I should be doing. I think my brother wrote me up like a program with a bit of paper. Luke? Yeah. Go, Luke. Yeah. Um, and I tried that. It got me some good amateur gains, I guess, over a year or two. Or Massive. would have been, yeah, two years. Nah, not uh, nah, not not massive, but just improvement, and I, it did end up helping my footy a bit, which was cool. But yeah. yeah, I used to have to walk to school and get there at I think it was six thirty. It opened, so I get there six thirty, leave at six, get there six thirty, and yes, when it rained, I had to run. So I wasn't absolutely drenched, only a little bit drenched. Okay, and you played footy during school as well. Yeah, 7 so to 12. Us, I guess a bit of more about that. How was it? 
Any big good. hits? Any suspensions? Well, I was never... I don't know. I was good at footy, but I was... Um, at least throughout school, like I never won an award for footy from year 7 to year 12. I just got like the trophy everyone gets. I never got like a most improved, best and fairest coaches award. I never got anything like that. I, in fact, I got more awards for basketball than I did for footy. I played basketball for like two years at school. Got like two or three awards or something. Got nothing for footy. <laughs> and I was in like the fourths or something for basketball. Um, but yeah, uh, mostly good at defence. Wasn't that good at attack. I wasn't really uh, not well developed throughout <laughs> school. I was very small and skinny and slow and everything, so that was fun. But yeah, good at defense because that's all I had. And generally, if you throw your body into someone, it's enough to stop them. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I like playing footy. I played year seven to year twelve. Played first fifteen for Oakill. Um, and yeah, had some. Oh, I didn't have any school suspensions for. F- Wise, no, I had some out of school suspensions for like, oh, had my biggest one was a uh, tip tackle, red card, three weeks out. Um, never really for fighting or anything. Uh, a couple concussions here and there, took some time out and injuries, but yeah, that's it. Well, speaking of the slow and skinny, there's this rumor going around that you have interesting background <laughs> that I'm uh, Aboriginal and uh, Ethiopian. Yeah, is this true? Oh, this is something that you'll have to talk to me in person about. What? <laughs> oh, it's my culture. It's my culture. <laughs> I'd rather talk about it there <laughs> in person. Okay. So that's a secret, but it's the um, the rumor going around, mm. so who knows? But that's yeah. that's why he's so strong right now. Is that right? Oh, I've got a good power belly, I think, because of it. Not necessarily my limbs. My limbs are <laughs> like an Aboriginal and Ethiopian. I don't think they're known for their large quadriceps, hamstrings, biceps or triceps. Yeah. Well, speaking into background, let's look back to when's the first time you met me? Uh, I would have met you. I remember I was training at Oak Hill and I was trying to get bigger, trying to get bigger. And it was after school now, training at Anytime Fitness, trying to get bigger, still always trying to get bigger. And I did, but it was like, at least I now know it was very suboptimal. I met you when uh, my mum said, come to the gym vision where she trains and train with this PT, Dan. And I was thinking, I don't need a PT. I know, I know what I'm doing. All right, this guy doesn't know nothing. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> uh, but yeah, then started PT, like did a consult. Everything you said made sense. And I mean, mum was happy to pay for it. Yeah. At least for a period of time. Uh, so I was like, yeah, sweet. I'm happy to give it a go. Yeah. Mm. Still remember. Come in your socks, Glitbridge, <laughs> with the bar every day. Yeah, I had two activations, like a uh, 10 kilo barbell glute bridge, like 10 reps, and then like one other thing, maybe, I can't remember what it was, and that was it. Yeah. And go squat 120 <laughs> for reps now. <laughs> that was good. I, I, I've developed probably as a PT as well since then, but mm-hmm. it was yeah. still good fun. You made yeah. some good gains. Yeah, made some gains. It was good. Thunderstruck in the middle of the day, just you and me in the gym. Yeah, it was fun. Well, what if we fast forward past that point? So I think I stopped training you for a bit. Mm. Or at some point I stopped training. I, I can't remember that point. I think it was when, like, mum stopped doing paying for PT and the mindset was I'll give this a go on my own, all this knowledge that I've gained from you and experience, so I'll give it a go on my own. I gave it a go for a bit. And I think you messaged me saying, um, are you ready to be my prodigy or something? And my uh, lifting prodigy and rugby prodigy or something, you still want to make the Wallabies? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
You said that? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, like, um, that was when you... Yeah, that was... And then you came back to online programming me. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I did it for free, hey. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I'll just do it. <laughs> I don't know why. I was mowing the lawn one day, and then I just... The lawnmower was still going, and I just started yeah. messaging you. I, got, I had to be one of, surely one of your better clients of Vision. Yeah, 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 Vision, for sure. Like, what was the average client like? What were most clients like? Almost all, I assume. Uh, not sure. I don't think you were... Oh, you maybe sometimes late, but you always just came with no shoes on, so... Well, I didn't know I could come in early. I didn't Because I didn't have a membership to the gym, so I thought if I come in early, like, I'll get in trouble. Oh, uh, okay. So I thought I'll get there on the dot. Oh, on the dot every time. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, you were good compared to the other clients, but I, I guess now, back then, you're probably not the best client. Oh, I would have sucked. Yeah. Now, if I had me back then, I'd be like, oh, this guy sucks. Nah, <laughs> I was all right. Like, I ate my food. I had two thirty grams of fats or whatever. Like, Yeah, whole pack of nuts a day. Whole pack of nuts a day. And, like, I at least did what you said somewhat. Well, I guess then fast forward again, past that point, to the Cast Hill Mall. Mm. Yeah, you wanted to meet up for, at the Cast Hill Mall to talk about doing PT. As I think I'd expressed interest about it before, me doing, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I'd love to do PT. That'd be cool. Yeah, it's about or it. something. And I was at uni at the time, and you're like, yeah, let's do it. And then, yeah, that's the day it all started. And then Anytime Fitness, Castle Hill. Anytime Fitness, Castle Hill. Your you first client, Adam Adam Carell. Yeah, shout out, Adam. Adam, if you're watching, Brad yeah. worked hard with those light activations. Yeah. <laughs> Explain yeah. that story. Oh, yeah. I didn't know. I, like, the processes we have now. I, I, I was telling this to Nathan the other day. I was saying the processes we have now, you guys are so lucky. Everything's here written out. Like, you've got good influence all around you. We show you how to do every single thing exactly how you need to do it. So there's not really many excuses for doing something completely wrong. But at the time, I all I'd done was a barbell hip thrust. In the morning. <laughs> in the morning with 10 kilos. That's all I'd done. And... I remember you had told me, oh, yeah, make sure you activate the lats, activate this, activate that. I'm like, how the hell do I do that? <laughs> and so I, w- I didn't recognize that I should probably attach the band to the squat rack and get him to pull down from that. Um, oh, no, sorry. The only band I could find was a big orange one, thick one. I couldn't find the thin one. I thought, I can't, he can't pull it down from there. That's t- it's too thick. He like, won't be able to move it very much. So how about this? We'll treat it like it's a rope. I'll hold it up top, <laughs> and then you pull down on your end like that. And we'll do it like that. And you look out the window, probably shaking your head going, oh, I don't know if I should have hired this bloke. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, that was good fun. And I guess since then even, like, or even now, like, well, we're going to be able to see it comp. It looks like uh, we've hit a good sort of groove in terms of training now. Uh, and things are moving or progressing quite well. And I, I guess from your perspective... What's your mentality around training? I know you've talked about it in a few goal sessions before. Yeah. Uh, with either slow progress or things not needing to necessarily come easy all the time. And then now you're in a sort of state where you're almost at that large breakthrough, I feel. Yeah. I mean, my training's been worse before than it is right now in terms of progression. It's quite good right now, I think. Um, and my mentality is a point where I think it's good. Even like a little progression, I'm like, yes. Great, tick off that day. That was a good day, and if I can get a hundred good days in a row, I'll hit a big PB. I sort of think of it like that. But yeah, like um, we've talked about it before, I'm not very naturally gifted at lifting weights. I was always in school, like cross country, came easy to me. I started winning without training. Ooh, yeah, carpet. 
Carpe. Started yeah, beating Carpo, legit. He, how long have you been doing, he did the tactical training for in the lead up to? Probably like three months or four months. So three months of tactical squad, like fitness training, losing weight, everything. And he's already a pretty relatively fit, strong guy doing that. And then I joined him for cardio, not having done cardio for like three months and relatively heavy. Weight and, and I like outrun him, easy. With 20 kilo I, weight oh, vest. I keep up with him with the 20 kilo weight vest. Yeah. yeah. Um, it just came so easy to me cross country and running. But the lifting, not so much. So yeah, my mentality is like, if I can be 1% better than you in my food, my food, my training, my rehab, my whatever, um, in a year's period, 1%, or if I can be 100% perfect and you're 90% perfect, I'm 10% better, even though that last 10% won't make much of a difference, it might be the difference between me getting that PB and you're not. Yeah. Or even if someone's natural gift gives them 5% edge or mm. 8% edge, Yeah. you made up that 2%. Yeah. And they're 10% ahead, so in five years' time, that compound interest. Yeah, yeah. Catch you up. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Well, where does that mentality come from? So I guess a lot of people say you're good at cross-country. Why didn't you just go and do cross-country? I like, hated it. You hated it? I was, it? like, vomiting often from running so much, and I found it boring, and I didn't want to be small, and it didn't work with footy. footy okay. You had to be big. I wanted to be bigger, like, so it didn't really work. Okay, so you like the intense spurts of pain and anger as opposed to like long drawn out mm. pain. Hey, if running cross country got me bigger, I might have stuck with it. Oh, so you just like being bigger? I mean, yeah, I enjoy being like having muscle mass and being bigger because I was always quite small. Yeah. Well, where does the um, Instagram handle my, my chicken legs come from? Um, Brad, me and my chicken legs because it kind of makes sense. Me and my chicken legs. Oh, kind yeah. of play on words, but obviously, I have very small legs genetically. They uh, and I was talking to uh, Alex the other day about the first time I realized how small I am. Yeah, it was at this footy camp thing. And I was standing next to someone who's similar, so I, I thought we were the same size, same height, definitely same height, but I thought we were same thickness of legs and same everything. And we looked at each other in the in the, in the gym in front of the mirror, and I was a twig compared <laughs> to him. And I was like, what? From this angle, it looks like we're the same. And then I look here, and we're two... Di- this is... Something's wrong with the mirror. The <laughs> trick mirror. Yeah, trick mirror. But then, yeah, obviously, like, the muscle mass doesn't quite grow in my legs very well. And so I've had to find ways to keep up. Yeah. And that was the 1% thing, the nutrition, whether it be training, consistency. Okay. Mm. Well, we're going to skip over now to, I think... Not Mom and Arms, don't worry, Jose. Uh... I think it's interesting that you're, you've grown a skill uh, of a pretty, you've been becoming pretty good at mentoring new PTs, taking them on, building relationships with clients. And I think I want to dive into that and that can give some value to, I think, a lot of PTs out there uh, that might be sort of struggling with building up relationships or even someone that's wanting to be a PT. What's, what do you find, and you can talk about your development as well, from when you first started, your first PT you took on, you don't have to mention names. Uh, so I guess now where it's efficient and you can talk about systems and training, but I want to talk about that journey and what has worked for you uh, in terms of building up relationships with people, uh, whether it be as a personal trainer and also a personal trainer 
manager or a mentor for other trainers that are up and coming, helping grow their books and whatnot? I think first things first, develop your own skill. Meaning if you're not continuously improving yourself and not able to continuously give these people that you're training up value, then it's going gonna, it's gonna to become an issue at, at one point in time. Like if let's say it was my first day when I was doing that band activation with him and I had no idea what I was doing and I had to mentor someone. He'd be atrocious. So obviously you need to have that in check. Um, the other thing would be know who's fitted for the role and who's not. So some people just won't work. And you don't know when they when you first hire them because that's the best they're ever going to come across as. They're dressed well, they're on time or something. Or they're like, they've got their resume looking good and they're saying, yeah, I can't wait to do this. I'm going to give it all my effort, blah, blah, blah. And then you find out months later that no, they're not going to do that and you fire them. Have you had to fire someone before? Yes. How'd it feel? I mean, it was okay. It was. It had to be done. Well, like, how do you approach it, let's say? Like there might be someone out there who's also in the same sort of circumstance. Mm. Uh, um, it was basically just like explain the issue, explain how it's not improving and we can't keep doing this. I'm sorry, but it's not working out. So it was an ongoing thing. Yeah, it's not like, hey one thing happened this one time and therefore end of it. It's usually a recurring thing and at a point where the company would be better off without them than with them, even though there will be a point of chaos straight away. So like there's relative order chaos when they're here. Order in that they're training people, but chaos in that they're not that good. Fire them. Instant chaos because they know like we have one less trainer and all these clients without a trainer. But order comes along when you allocate them to a certain trainer a new trainer comes along who's better and actually gives them value and now there's major order okay. which is what will have to happen eventually so I always found this interesting as well and I guess it's not maybe even something is just comes like it is but there might be a situation like that and it seems like the logical mind always takes over in those sorts of circumstances with you. Like, you're like, hmm, okay, this will be weird, but it's weird me continually talking to them and telling them to fix this and them not listening to me. Like, how do you keep that logical mind rather than just avoid it forever? And well, I think, like, I do have emotions, Francis. I do have emotions. Ooh, Francine. <laughs> um, but... I think I've learned that using emotions in those situations is often will result in more work rather than less. So let's say we've had employees before that I've been friends with and they're not doing the right thing. They're worthy of being fired. But because I'm friends with them, I'm sort of thinking, no, 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 we can fix them, we can fix them. We can, I think if we just give me two weeks with them, I'll be able to f fix things out, like sort it out. It doesn't work. They improve a little but it doesn't really work. Give me two more and give me two more weeks. It doesn't actually work and we end up firing eventually. But due to my emotions, we just prolonged the inevitable. Like it was going to happen anyway, but my emotions prolonged it. So I think about it as objectively as possible. Like, all right, how will this affect the company? Or like, how will this affect the team? How will this affect myself? Like, I don't have to put in all this work to just keep them at a point of maintenance. Like, I could be hiring someone else that is actually able to progress with minimal effort on my end. Because they, they'll do what I say, they'll give it their all, and they'll actually do it. Good job. So it's more so like previous pain of doing it wrong and... Yeah, that and I think I'm actually relatively ob an objective thinker. Like I don't think with my emotions too much, I don't think. So it comes naturally and experience. Okay. 
So then if we dive into successes or sort of progressions as a manager or leader or even just the people skills, like you've seen that uh, we'll start with how do you build a good relationship with your clients? Um, with clients, I think something that PTs don't do very much of, which I know you're quite good at and maybe I learned it from you, but also reading about it uh, from How to Win Friends and Influence People um, was a great book for it and just learning to make the client enjoy your company a lot, like ridiculously, enjoy seeing you, enjoy talking to you, enjoy anything. And how that happens is, let's say, remembering their name, being happy when you see them, always talking about them and asking them questions and being genuinely interested about, in like, about those questions. Like it could be like, oh, new UHP shirt, like when did they come in? And instantly I've turned the conversation onto you I'm interested in the question and you're talking about yourself, which everyone generally likes to do. Yeah. So I'd say keep the conversation on them. Too many PTs talk about themselves all day. It's fine to mention something about yourself, especially if it just comes up in conversation. Like if you said, oh, no, it came in like a month ago. I swear I haven't seen, I haven't seen that X-Gym shirt. I'm like, oh, no, nah, this, and I talk about my shirt. That's fine. Like you can talk about yourself, but the conversation should mostly be on the client and asking about them and learning about them, knowing about their family, you know, their work, you know, their situation at work right now or whatever it is and just talking about them. Yeah. Arouse the eager want in the other person. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one. How to win friends. Hmm. I remember sitting in the spa at Stanhope and then <laughs> we got in the car driving home and you are dropping, or Jack was dropping us back off at the gym. And then what'd you say? <laughs> You're like, we didn't ask you one question. Oh, <laughs> <you> yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> I was like, where are you going with this? I remember that because we both had read the book and we understood the thing and it was like um, ask questions and so we were both asking Jack questions um, but was it that we asked him like two questions and he just went from there for yeah. like the next half hour talking <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and we, didn't, we were like oh okay that wow that really set him off <laughs> yeah two questions and then that was it and yeah, yeah I think that's a massive one and is so now let's translate that into the employees. Is that the same sort of circumstance or is there a different sort of criteria around it because it's a company and employees? Well, I, I, think, I think it's the same circumstance entirely almost. Like the way you build a relationship with a client will be similar to that of an employee. Um, I talked about the talking about them. There's also the effort factor and the care factor, which, again, every PT says they care about their clients. Though you can see it in different ways depending on how they act. So we've had many PTs come and go and say, yeah, I care about my clients. Of course I care about them. It's like, all right, well, you didn't do their check-in this week or last week or the week before and, you know, their program's late, so do you really care about them? So actually going the extra mile in terms of, let's say, mentoring, saying, hey, man, we're really struggling with this aspect of, you know, you coaching people. We're out of time for this meeting, but do you want to schedule another meeting for another time and we can really work on it? That's something that not every mentor would do um, that would show effort. And the same with a client going... Um, you know, it's an hour session, but you've got leg press now or you've got, you know, whatever exercise and it's been the hour, but I'm just going to keep going because I know I'm actually busy. I have things to do, but I know I can make it and I can do it if I really wanted to. So I'm going to stay and I'm going to coach you and still give you value after the hour. Mm. So there's, I think, the communication, uh, the value aspect and in general just um, experiences is good, which is why, like, you know, companies have like Christmas parties and stuff to, par to have fun together um, like the other day that 
um, story I did with um, Danushi. Shout out Danushi. Uh, the TikTok. Oh, God. I was dreading every minute of it. I, I'm not a fan. But Dreading it as in like you were I, looking at it in the future or while you're doing it? While I was doing it, I was like, oh, I'm really not. This is not my, like, not what I usually do. So I was just like really out of my comfort zone, really, which is maybe a good thing. But um, she really enjoyed it. Um, and she came in, she came in for a solo session and her mum got me a little present as well to say thank you for training my daughter and providing her with all this value and she's really enjoying it. Wow. And I'm like, how much of this was from me PTing and how much of it was from, she probably went home and showed people and tagged people and people are asking her about it and her parents saw her and like, yeah, from it, just a TikTok, but also the value I've been giving in PT, like both. Mm. I was like, she was struggling to get in even for PT and then to PT solo session present from parents, friends asking about training and everything. She's talking to them about training and it's all improving. Yeah. Like from both the service communication and the culture, like fun side of things. I think that's a big one that a lot of, um, I guess uh, not other companies, but a lot of, yeah, you could say other companies or like people on Instagram or whatever it is. It's just, and you like the technical side of things as well, but it is very pushed around. All right, this is the best way to do it. Do this, do that, do this, do that. And it's good to know what you're sort of pushing out there, but I guess that's where retention comes into play. In regards to what exactly? In regards to know your stuff, sweet, but don't, don't make that the only thing you're doing or don't even create enemies around, oh, but... Like, you do it this way, that's wrong. Like, not necessarily think like that. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like I understand what you're getting at in regards to, like, all right, client can't eat their food. Can't eat all their food. But just eat it. That's what you have to do. That's probably not the best approach. Maybe first response, just eat it. Maybe they increase their eating by 10%. They still can't eat the rest of it, though. You're going to have to come up with something else. So I understand what you mean, like, being too, like, a dictator. Of, yes. like, just do it. Oh, I think we need to apply this cue. I don't like it. But it works, though start liking it like that's maybe a little too harsh yeah and clients usually don't like that or more so meshing human nature into science yeah so like um i think there's both ends of the spectrum so we we know that people will um very much think that this is the way it has to be done and if it's not done in this way that usually they've experienced um it's wrong completely wrong and you can't go off that they usually can't argue as to why but they'll just say that the other end of the spectrum is, oh, any sort of way you do it is fine almost. Like, oh, if that's good, that's good. If it feels good, it's good. If it's, and it's like a- everything, if it feels good, it's good. It's like, all right, um, oh, front squat feels better. All right, we'll do that at comp. Your total is yeah. going to go down most yeah. likely. So, like, where do we meet in the middle? And I think that both the science side, meaning like this way works due to science, but also they don't like that cue. They don't like that technique thing I'm trying to apply. It's not doesn't seem to be working. Let's try something else. And why might it not be working? So no for future reference. Like applying them both in regards to like, this is what we should do based off science. And they want to do that, but 10% of it we're going to have to vary because they can only get to the gym three days a week. Okay, I wanted to push more volume. Uh, their lifestyle outside right now is crazy. So like I can only do three days. I'm going to make their days longer though while they're here. And even though science says I should probably do like, or like I think the approach better would be four or five days of training, I'll make three longer days for them. Yeah, that's, a, that's very interesting because that's where the coaching element comes into play. 
Yeah. I guess at the start, even myself or maybe yourself, you can talk about it, could have been a bit more rigid than it is now. And do you find you have greater success now or when you were a beginner PT? Oh, definitely now. Um, whether it comes to building relationship, um, use of my time uh, is better as well. I mean, knowledge is better, of course. I'm trying to improve that constantly. Um, but yeah, I think my, my retention is good now, both because I, uh, my improvement of altering approaches due to the person. Like, let's say uh, I've made like meal plans that have been, have been checked by Alan, the nutritionist, and have pushed that out to a couple people that are really struggling with food, even just to give them some food ideas or a little bit of structure. Me back in the day would have been like, no, just track your food. What do you mean? Like, I don't see the issue. Because I was able to track my food so accurately every day and I could do it, in my head I was like, why can't you? Like, in actual fact, they, they can do it. They're just not doing it. But me saying just do it is not going to fix that. Yeah. And does that, uh, is that same thing occur with employees as well? Like if we push it back over to sort of a business side of things, do you find that just because you do it doesn't mean that someone else can do it? Oh, for sure. Uh, in some regard, like it's a job. You've got to do some tasks. So if you can't do it, there's going to be an issue. Like if you can't do a PT session, okay, that's kind of an issue. I can tell you to do it better. And if you don't, well, that's an issue. But let's say it's like the way you learn or the w- what you want to post on Instagram or something that's a little bit more... You can do how you want. Yeah, very different. Like with Francis, me telling him to do study summaries. It was because in my head, what's the best form of research out there? Um, like peer-reviewed studies, uh, randomized control trials, um, et cetera, et cetera. And I would look for that, find some research, gain some knowledge. Like when we did that sciatica study or whatever. Um, and Francis is like, I want to know more. So my logical brain goes, okay, how did I learn more? And what's the best way to learn more? Okay, study summaries or researching and learning from it and summarizing it to understand it. Go do that. The brain I have now would go, okay, that's probably what's best. Probably he doesn't want to do that. Maybe we can find like a medium where it's like, okay, maybe talk about your experiences or something you've learned from training people. That might be a good start. Uh, or even ask him what he really wants to do and leave, let him decide. Uh, a great option too but my logical brain would kick in back then and go well you want to learn more this is how you learn more the best way so it does sort of correlate that's the human element again I guess like science and that person's not going to do it so we find happy medium and then this is the best way but that person's not going to do it as an employee so let's find a happy medium again yeah it's like if someone comes in and says I want to get stronger and then you tell them right, squat shoes knee sleeves wraps low bar um, you know, doing all these certain things, got to track perfectly now, got to do this, 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 because it is the best way to get stronger. And they do none of it almost because it's too, it's a lot and they don't want to do that and they're not interested in that necessarily right now. Yeah. They just want to get stronger. So let's start with, okay, come into the gym and do compounds yeah. and do some accessories, improve your form. Um, you want to lose weight at the same time and eat in this way to lose weight. Over the next six months, you turn into, okay, now they're doing solo sessions. Now they're actually, they track a couple of days a week and they're slowly progressing rather than saying, this is objectively the best. Do it. Go do it. Okay. Yeah, that's very interesting because I guess not everyone's going to think of that coming straight out of um, 
their fitness college, right? Oh yeah, no, like, and I mean, you can, uh, you know, put your piece in this as well. That originally it's very much like, all right, you take them through a program, and they're happy and they're progressing, so it's all good. And there's both more on the retention personal human side and there's also a crazy amount more on the research objective thinking perfect programming perfect everything side that um you do not get taught about i think at all doing fitness college or doing your certs well speaking of that where or you predominantly are in development of a further education uh sort of value added element that you're working on yeah to help out PTs in that sort of scenario. That yep. So, like, basically, PTs are generally not underpaid necessarily, but struggle with hours so they, at the end of the year, they don't have that much pay. What they charge is generally okay, but they don't have very much money at the end of the year. Their lifespan of being a PT is very short. If a PT has been a PT for five years or more, that's very rare. Um... And basically, we get the short straw a lot of the time when you come out of doing your certs. You know, let's say, you could say a percent of a percent of what you should know. Or maybe one percent max of what you should know to really retain clients for a long period of time and even teach others how to do it. The course is, uh, its aim is to get a PT from that one percent knowledge to even, let's say, in some areas... 80%, 80%, some areas like 20, 30. Let's say like, how do you actually, what service should you provide to your clients and what systems should you use? What programming systems? What financial systems? Uh, what scheduling systems? And what structure should you set up in order to give them not just a $50 class sort of style session, which anyone can do. Like if you're going to work at F45 uh, or some sort of class or even Vision when they made you just put out random already made programs, you don't need this course. Not really. But if you actually want to earn more per session, you want to provide a value uh, of training that is better than just a class and actually become a really, really good trainer or even mentor for someone one day and go above and beyond and most likely last more than a couple of years in the fitness industry, fitness industry, then this course is for you because it will teach you how to do those things. And we've done it. I mean, you predominantly in some aspects, me predominantly in others, but... It was once upon a time just you, then just me, and slowly, slowly, like Jose, Francis, you know, Luke, like everyone's sort of come on board and we've built a team of, what is it now, like 12 trainers or something and some uh, like uh, marketing and admin staff as well into our own gym and everything from one person at Castle Anytime Fitness and then two people at Castle Anytime Fitness from there. So it's literally from years and years' experience rather than from necessarily just a textbook. We've actually gone and done it, and this is how we did it. Yeah. So it's more so... There's a... Well, instead of five years, how about you have the information that we've gathered over five years? Obviously, you don't have all the experience of five years, but Mm. this is what we've come across over five years' time, and this is what you can use from this to help you or even accelerate what you previously would have taken five years to do i mean how much how much money do you think uhp would have saved or earned or whatever or grown if uh we had this information from day one? Oh yeah it's sort of like it's i guess less about uh numerical side of things and more about 
this is the easiest way to explain it. From year, say, three to year five, if we could have started from year one, so year one to year three, right? We had three employees because it went up, down, up, down, not good processes, trainers dropping out, whatever it is. Yeah. From years three to years five, there was 12 employees. Mm. So there was just this this straight line, this flat line for such a period of time. It's like a bamboo tree. I told you about that one, hey? I think so. Bamboo tree lays its roots for oh, the first yeah. 15 years of its life. It's, it's not growing, it's still a stump, and then at the 16th year it grows 20 feet or something like that, or 60 feet or 80 feet, I'm not sure how much it is, but removing that sort of three-year period of, I don't know, manifesting or learning, 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 or fail, 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 all down, up, down, up. And, yeah, that's how I'd sort of describe it. And then if you go, all right, sweet, if we, you can go to five years, well, what are we going to be like in ten years? Then I'd sort of think of it like that. If we could mm. be at ten years now from some other course that someone else provided us, I'd go for that straight away. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I hope this course can provide for someone, both being able to, like, grow themselves or understand that what they're doing is not working. Like, even a PT that's out there that has struggled with hours or is at a company that is not really um, doing them any favours. After this course, they're going to realise, okay, that company did not help me at all. They did everything completely wrong. Or they'll realise that if they're a sole trader, let's say, they'll say, oh, that's why I'm not holding on to my clients. That's why um, I feel like I'm not going anywhere in in this industry because I didn't apply these things. Mm. I think it's cool how there's principles and I guess, yeah, principles, procedures that work. And obviously, just like a client, we're not just rigid and sort of bang on. There's sort of variances for different individuals. But I think it's really cool that you can... And there's no real procedures out there that show that at the moment, really, is there? Not, not that I've seen at all. Like, there's oh, online guys. Here's the reason as to why you're not earning uh, 200K a year as an online fitness person. Yeah. There's so many online fitness people right now. Like, to have a guideline for that it's changing all the time depending on which platform you want to use it's constantly changing it's actually extremely hard to do and that's the one i've heard of for the setup we have which is high quality personal training setup uh no i don't know of anyone that's yeah. out there yeah that, i guess that's more of a marketing pitch like how to get a thousand leads in one week and yeah. stuff like that yeah. which yeah buy them yeah buy them yeah <laughs> yeah have a million dollars that that's how you do it yeah yeah okay well very interesting and when can we expect to see something like this come out i think the next like two months or so okay i think we'll definitely be advertising for it in the next couple months but actually starting probably like two three months something yeah. like that. Ooh, starting stuff yeah you ready to present or are you you gonna hold up the band and show them like all right <laughs> is that you need to do it or? Yeah, yeah yeah well it goes to show that it, like even someone who's building a course to teach pts how to be the best pt possible once started with the most uncoordinated banded lat exercise ever made by anyone ever and thought it was great. <laughs> so so then this, so that's good. So basically in two years' time, you're going to look back at your first course and be like, oh, God, I can't believe I was thinking that. Nah. <laughs> well, I don't, I think the improvements will be more minimal. Okay. Big improvements first five years, next five years will be small, but obviously make a big difference. I yeah. Think. All right. Well. You got some clients to train. Yeah, I got Adam. That was good to learn a bit about a little bit about you. Not too much. Still secretive as always, but 
um, I guess a lot more about how your brain sort of works in terms of coaching. So yeah, thanks for that. No worries. See you later. <laughs> See you later. How was that? It was good. <laughs>